Our reading this morning is from uh, Matthew's Gospel, uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And if I could just ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning. Merry Christmas. I think it is absolutely fitting that we are here. Uh, it's once every, one, every once in a great while we get the privilege to celebrate Christmas on a Sunday. Christians regularly gather on Sunday because it's the day in which our Savior rose from the grave. But every once in a while it falls on not only his appearing and on his resurrection. And so I think it is fitting as I was listening to you sing, as I was joining with you in song. This is what God has made us to do. To use our mouths to proclaim the excellence of the one who made us, who saved us, is a sign of his grace towards us in Christ Jesus. Um, and as a result of that, I think it's fitting that we sing, we listen to God's word, and that we ought to be a people who know who God is, and consider his word, and then remember And that he did atone for our sins. And so at the end of our service today, just to reflect on Christmas morning, I think it is a fitting thing that we get to do that together. And one of the reasons why we get to say Merry Christmas is this. God is not passive. He is not active. Or excuse me, he is not passive. He is active. He is an intervening, ever-present God. When Joseph realized that Mary was pregnant, he was shocked, and yet God intervened. And when he intervened to reveal to Joseph the person with whom was in the womb, Joseph believed. And what I find so fitting and what's so... uh, compelling about this passage that I want to draw and consider with you this morning is the declaration which is being made of this child in verse 23, in which it reads, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, 
and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Translated, which means God with us. I imagine for many people, their perception about God is that he's inactive. He is not participating within his creation. But on Christmas, when this pronouncement was made, Joseph had a perspective of God which perceived him as intervening, active, and present within his creation. That the message was not so unfamiliar to Joseph that it became the very reason why he immediately obeys. What I love about the beginning of the New Testament, it hinges in the Gospel of Matthew as this preparation, and excuse me, from the Old Testament is the preparation to the coming of the Messiah, and then it is bridged with Matthew, and all it takes but of one verse, Matthew 1.1, which proclaims he's coming, the Messiah, which has been proclaimed throughout all the Old Testament. And when you get to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, it announces the quality of the individual which is becoming present, God with us. And all I'd like to do is with you is on this Christmas morning is to consider why is it Joseph was so willing to immediately obey and participate in this Christmas story? I think one of the first reasons he participated in this proclamation is that he knew that God was indeed active and intervening and ever-present God. He had learned from the Old Testament that God is one who cares about that which he created. I imagine, if you would just entertain your thoughts with me, that if the New Testament was the entirety of the scriptures and void of the Old Testament, the announcements which was made to Joseph would have been very, very awkward and unconnected to this understanding of who God is. The very fact that we have the Old Testament which lays the foundation for Joseph, that when God intervenes to declare whom is in the womb, Joseph understands. And so when, when, when this pronouncement is made, this child within the womb is Emmanuel, he understood that this was a title designated to God. Not God's, but a God who is sovereignly over all things. For the scriptures declare in Deuteronomy 6, 4, which he was very familiar with. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Jeremiah 10, 6. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. Joseph was familiar with one God who was ever-present, ever-acting, ever-intervening within his creation. That in this announcement, it makes sense that God would be doing this, the one and only true God. Not only that, he was familiar with the God who historically had been revealed in the Old Testament, purposely intervening within his creation. To think of a variety of situations, but God was ever present at the very beginning. Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God. 
Not only that, in Genesis 1-2, the earth was without form and God's presence was there and a void. And the darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Nehemiah 9-6. If you have a concept of who God is, the message that which Joseph receives makes sense. If you have an image of God who is not active, not present, he's agnostic within his creation, this announcement would not have made any sense. But for Joseph, when he understands what God is doing, he immediately obeys. And he knows, Nehemiah 9.6, you are the Lord, you alone. There's only one God who has made heaven, the heaven of the heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is in on it. The seas and all that is in them. And you preserve all of them. The host of heaven worship you. God created creation. And Joseph is familiar with a God who is willing to infuse his power and his activity within it in his love and care. And so while he might have been originally perplexed by the reality of Mary's pregnancy... God, which always has done this, intervenes to explain to his people exactly what he was doing. And he was familiar with the God who's historically always done this. We might remind ourselves. I'm not saying anything new on Christmas morning. I hope that we are familiar with these things. But that Joseph remembered that when even his own people were in bondage in Egypt, the one and only true God showed up. He's ever-present, ever-acting, ever-intervening. In which Exodus 14, 13, as they're pushed up against the Red Sea with the Egyptians behind them, Moses proclaimed, watch and see. And Moses said this. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. And still to this day, while that event happened thousands of years ago, it is remembered. And what do we remember from that event? God is the one and only true God who will fight for his people. He is an active, intervening God who is ever-present within his creation. He is not distant from it. And Joseph, having this mindset of it, when he hears about the birth or the pregnancy of the child within the womb, God once again demonstrates his activity in that which, that which is in the, in the womb is Emmanuel, God present. Behold, the virgin shall conceive, bear a son. And it says, they shall call his name Emmanuel. That's us. After watching and considering that which the child has come to do and perform it, the generations after that will see and look back to Christmas morning and recognize the activity within this child to be the ever-presence of God's activity within creation. And in fact, I would just like to remind us of these things because it is Christmas morning. Have we put our hope in the one who demonstrates he is, in fact, God with us? And all I'd like to do is just walk through a few pieces in Matthew, which demonstrate that Jesus had the authority and the position 
to reveal himself as God with us. And for children, never forget this. He is not just simply a child in a manger. He is so much more than that. Do not allow the humility of God to leave your mind to leave him merely as an infant. He is profoundly God, is profoundly humble, and yet at times he loves to display his glories, which he does every day in creation. But in the life of Christ, you see it put on grand display. It used to be that when you received leprosy, it was a death sentence. Even in our own history of America, we only have to look back a hundred years to know how we used to treat lepers. For we had an island which we used to ship them off to because there was no means medically to preserve the life of one who had leprosy. And when Jesus, the toddler, becomes present within creation, he began to teach and he began to heal. And one day, this leper showed up before Jesus. And he bowed down to this one whom will be called God with us. And he said, if you are willing, you can heal me. Look at how he responded in Matthew 8, verse 3. If Jesus is in fact God with us, he must demonstrate the ability to to perform God-like abilities. Matthew 8, 3. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Not only did God show his power through Christ, but not only that, did he show his willingness to heal those who are sick in our fallen world. Matthew 8, 13, we see the next activity where a pagan Gentile centurion who had a servant at home who was sick, and Jesus hears this centurion plead with him, please heal my servant. And Jesus said, yeah, I am willing. And the centurion said to Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. It would be dishonoring for a Jew to come into a Gentile house. I am a ruler who over or a commander who rules over an army and my word when I say go they respond and go and do that which I ask them to do but because you are who you say you are all you have to do is say it and it will happen the reason why Christmas is so fantastic it it is because of the the position of the child he's not just merely a human but God with us Jesus, considering the faith of the centurion, he says, I haven't seen any faith like this in all of Israel. And then he said to the centurion 8.13, Jesus said, go. Let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. These reports, which are recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are not just Miracles, they are signs and which remind us of the position of who Jesus actually was, God with us. Joseph had a category in which recognized that God is an intervening, ever-present, active God. Within the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we see that activity put on full display. As a child, this one was one that has always fascinated me. Matthew 8. There's a series in 8 that one after another after another 
Jesus puts on display his power. For every child or anyone who has been at the waters when there are storms. In Matthew chapter 8, the disciples are fearful that if something, something or someone intervenes, their lives are lost. And with great fear, they turn to Jesus saying, save us. And he said to them, this one is awesome. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. And then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this? That even the winds and the sea obey him. Joseph was perplexed when he saw his wife pregnant. But God intervened, declaring that the one within your wife's womb, a betrothed womb, is one who will save his people from their sins. But he is Emmanuel, God with us, and whom the winds and the seas will obey. That's why we come on Merry Christmas is that Christmas is about God demonstrating His will to have a relationship with us. That He is an ever-active, ever-present, intervening God. The demons, when they saw Jesus, there's no, no question to whom they think He is. They actually, please, we know who you are. And with one simple word, all Jesus would have to say is go, and the demons would obey. What do we see in Matthew? I can include Mark, I can include John, I can include all the, the testimonies in which God in Christ has demonstrated his power over sickness, over the seas, over all creation, and in fact, over the spiritual realm. He is Emmanuel, God with us paralytic. Many of us remember this. The, the individual that, that the people just thought it was okay to tear somebody's roof apart because they couldn't get to him, get to Christ. But you, when you know who the person is and what he's able to do for you, nothing hinders you to get to him. And the friend who was paralytic, they tore the roof apart and they lay, lowered him down in a bed. I just want to read you the story remind you on this Christmas morning how Jesus demonstrated he's not just a mere man, but the ever active, present, interfering God who loves humanity. Behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, First thing that Jesus does here is not heal, but demonstrates the ability to forgive sins. Take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, this man is blaspheming. Why? Because only one person has the ability to forgive sins, and that only person is God himself. And in fact, if he is indeed Emmanuel, Jesus thinks he is God with us, has the ability over all creation, has the ability over sickness and health. He has the ability over all creation and over the spiritual realm and the means 
and the position to forgive humanity's their sins. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why? Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say, rise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. God with us. He then said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and went home. Joseph, the Gospels, they testify of this understanding of who God is. They knew that God wasn't inactive within his creation. He intervenes. He's ever-present. And he wants a relationship with us. And the means by which we have that is through the child. Which brings us why we're here this morning. Which is what brings us every Sunday together. Is that God does love us. That he does care about us. And that the means by which that can happen is through a God who intervenes within his creation and has shown clearly who he is. And what a great reminder that is on a Christmas morning. And I know that we have our traditions and we appreciate the presence and we the fellowship with one another. But may it only be secondary to the position in which God has done for us so that we might actually enjoy one another. For we know that to have a right relationship with one another, because we've been created in the image of God, that it is rooted in this relationship that we have with God first. And that we were created in his image and in his likeness, made to represent him physically before all creation. And we are incapable of loving one another unless that restoration is restored between us and God. And once that restoration is restored in Christ, then we have the ability, even on Christmas morning, to then express the love of God towards one another as God intended. If this child is Emmanuel, we should be able to see it being displayed throughout the Gospels. And we have, which is why we're here. This is how I'd like to conclude our service today. Remember who he is. Our convictional response is this. Remember what God has done. He has been ever active and ever present and ever intervening. He wants to be with us. Colossians 1, 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God, speaking of Christ, the firstborn of all creation, meaning of the highest rank. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. This one who lies or once humbled himself by becoming a baby in a manger. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning 
the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was well pleased, was pleased to dwell, through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Often, when we think about Christmas, it tends to carry this historical perspective. And that it was something that happened long ago. But as the Gospels, especially the Gospel of Matthew declares, it is both a historical moment, a present reality, and a future hope. The Gospel of Matthew starts with this proclamation to Joseph. The child is Emmanuel, God with us. And it ends with the same pronouncement. And as we take the table, I'm going to read that pronouncement of the child who is now an adult, who atoned for our sins and has ascended to the Father. But as we take the table this morning together, it is for those who have responded to him who is God with us, Christ Jesus, who by faith we believe he has atoned for our sins and has promised to those who believe them in him eternal life and express that faith in baptism. I invite you to participate in communion with us as that is your conviction. But if it is not, consider this one who is God with us. And have you responded to him, have making him your king? And trusting that God is indeed ever present, ever active, and ever intervening. Matthew concludes with this pronouncement, Matthew 28. Verse 18, it starts with God with us, Emmanuel, and then ends with, after Jesus has done everything that the Father had sent him out to do, he's turned to the disciples and he said, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. He could have stopped the Gospel of Matthew right there. He could have. But remind you again, it starts with the pronouncement that God, with giving the child, is God with us. And it ends with this promise. Christmas is not merely just an historical moment. It is an ever-present and future hope in which Jesus says, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Lord.